Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. I am Sarah Kaki with the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and I am joined by our managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, hey. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> Shauna, today, as we know, we are joined by our very own Atlanta Divorce Law Group, Tara. Hey, Tara. Hello, hello. So we have Tara with us today. Tara's actually the producer of our podcast, but today we wanted to bring her to the mic with us because we wanted to talk about a sensitive topic, and that is the mental health challenges of our children. We've talked in the past about Parents who have mental health diagnoses or have mental health challenges, Shauna shared her story about her mother growing up and I did about my father, but we wanted to flip the script and talk about parents who are raising children who have mental health issues and have diagnosed mental health conditions. And to anybody in today's society, mental health has just really started to turn a corner as far as awareness, as far as diagnosis, as far as treatment. So it's kind of new to all of us. And I think that a lot of parents who find out that the child may have, whether it's depression, or bipolar disorder, or anxiety, they are just now starting to educate themselves and they have the tools, but that wasn't always the case. So Tara, you grew up not knowing you had a mental health condition. Correct. But at some point this was diagnosed. Yes. How old were you? I would say I got a half diagnosis, maybe when I was 16, but I actually got my full diagnosis at 22. And what was that diagnosis? Um, At 16, I was diagnosed as depressed. And then at age 22, after a little bit more searching and speaking to doctors, I found out that I was actually diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. Okay. And in a little bit, I'm going to ask you to clarify from your knowledge what bipolar 2 disorder is. Growing up, did your parents have any uh, knowledge of these mental health conditions? No, not at all. Okay. Did they have um, anybody else in their family that they could have like relied on or used or been a source to them during that time? I don't think if we had anyone in our family line that had any mental health issues that they even really knew about it or knew what Because it was was. such an uncommon thing back Mm -hmm. then. And that's exactly why Shauna and I have Tara on today, just to kind of bring light to parents who are going through this and have no clue even where to start. And for them to hear this from the perspective of a child who is now, who who went through this whole process of trying to figure out what's going on with me, getting a diagnosis, and then the parents having to get on board with that. And, you know, the reason you're such a light to this topic, Tara, is because you're a successful, professional, independent woman that's thriving with this diagnosis. And thankfully, you were able to have parents who were supportive. So I think you can give a lot of help to parents out there that feel in the dark and are actually really anxious about what will the outcome of all this be. So let's back up for a second. What is bipolar disorder? So bipolar disorder is when you have mood changes over a significant period of time. So a lot of people use the term bipolar loosely, talking about that they feel happy one second and sad the next, when in reality, it's um, alternating between manic episodes and major depressive episodes. Okay. Before you got the diagnosis, 
talk us through a little bit of like what life, what were the things that were happening in your life where you're like, something doesn't feel right. Or maybe your parents were, you know, what's going on with Tara? I think as a child, and this is kind of where the misunderstanding came in with my parents is that I think I just went through many periods of time where I was either a happy child and was really felt on top of the world, was super confident, you know, was very social. And then I went through periods where I didn't want to get out of bed being younger, just feeling like it's hard to say that as a kid, you feel like there really is nothing left for you, but that's kind of what that feels like. And so I just alternated through a lot of that. And I remember being told by my parents as a kid that I dealt with mood swings, but we just, you know, didn't have an official word for it. But that was kind of my life before a diagnosis. And then what led to you guys actually seeking medical help for this versus just saying, well, you know, this is just how Tara is as a child. So I grew up and my mom was super homeopathic. So we had like a big homeopathic Bible, if you want to call it that. And so I was on a lot of like herbs and stuff growing up and my mom felt like they were working. I don't honestly have a lot of vivid memories of like that part. So I can't say one way or the other. She said that they worked. Anyways, my dad didn't really believe in it. So I stopped doing the herbal stuff. And as a teenager, it just started getting worse. And so Bipolar 2 disorders, when you struggle more with major depressive episodes, whereas bipolar 1 is where you have way more manic episodes or more intense manic episodes. And so as a teenager, I it was just kind of the same things, becoming complacent. I was always good in school, but just I, my social, you know, dropped and stuff like that. And so... My mom caught to kind of a breaking point with me. And so we went and saw a therapist and that's where I was diagnosed as depressed because bipolar is typically not a diagnosis that you get as an adolescent, which is actually very dangerous at the end of the day. But that's kind of how we started the medical help or medical treatment of everything. So during the process before you were getting diagnosed and you were like on the journey of finding the proper treatment. Tell us a little bit of how it felt being Tara, like as far as like wanting your parents to understand or, you know, we look to our parents to be the leaders of our lives at that age to kind of say, hey, I know what's going on. Like you have a fever. We'll give you this medication. It'll be better. But it's different when you may not feel like your parents even know what's going on. So give us a little sample of what it's like to be a child not knowing what's going on with you and not and not feeling like you have an adult that does either. I think the worst part, and me and my parents have talked about that a lot, is that when you just as a parent don't understand or have never experienced what it's like to even have that, whether it's an adult or a child, it's kind of hard to know how to help someone get through it. And so that's kind of where it took so long to get a diagnosis. But as far as just going through my normal day to day, it was just really hard if I was trying to express that I felt super low. And that part is kind of what sucked because being bipolar too, my manic episodes where I was always really fun, really social, I was normal. That was Tara's normal time. And then the depressive is kind of where they thought was different. And so I was just always told that I was super sensitive or that I cried too much or that I let things eat me up that 
I cried over spilt milk, stuff like that. And so that was really hard when you're constantly being told that at the end of the day, it's not that serious or whatever you're upset about is not that big of a deal. When you have these mental health issues, it literally feels like your world is crumbling around you. So just being a little bit more understanding of the mindset of someone who struggles with this. What are some signs your parents could have, you think they could have seen to know that there's something more going on here than behavior, right? Because I think that's the hard part, Shauna, you know, when you have, I mean, I look at my children sometimes and like one is always positive about everything. The other one just feels like, man, you're just negative about everything. And sometimes you don't know, is this just her temperament or is it a behavioral thing that I need to fix? I think this is the big challenge parents have. Am I dealing with a mental health condition or am I dealing with a behavior that I need to fix? I would say the best or like the number one tip that I could give is just paying attention to patterns in your child's behavior, because even struggling with depression, there is like lights in the tunnel. It's literally a tunnel with a bunch of lights in it. There's light and dark times, whereas with bipolar, it's very up and down. So I think when you start paying attention to patterns, you'll know if your kid is just being temperamental or is having a bad day and doesn't want to be dealt with that day, or if you can actually identify patterns of my kid is going through a very low point and then paying attention of the intensity of their emotions is going to be a big one too. There's definitely a huge difference in being sad or upset and being depressed. So I think educating yourself a little bit on what it looks like for a child, especially to just be sad or having a bad day or when they're struggling on getting out of bed, struggling to talk to you, don't want to open up to you and stuff like that. That's, I think, when you really need to start paying attention. I'm really curious, Tara, at what age do you feel that your symptoms started manifesting? I would say probably middle school years, maybe. I just think before that, you kind of are, your brain's developing. You don't really know what's going on. I didn't know that I had a problem younger. I just thought everybody felt like this. Um, And then you start learning off of social cues and stuff like that, that it's not normal. So definitely, I think that the symptoms themselves started manifesting a little bit more in high school or in middle school. And then you just start going through the normal stuff that every kid goes through at that age. And the, like I said, the intensity of how you're feeling is, is a lot worse when you have some kind of mental health issue. Did you feel safe coming to your parents and saying, I don't feel normal? No, honestly, I do now. And we've had a lot of conversations about it. My parents are extremely supportive at this point in time and they've always been supportive. So what I mean by not feeling comfortable is I didn't feel like I could talk to them. It was just the fact that my mom and dad were never married. So we've always lived separately. um, And I've always stayed with my mom full time. And my mom's gotten a little bit better of it, especially just going through experiences in her life. But We've talked about it multiple times that growing up, she just didn't have a lot of patience for me. So it was if I was having a bad day or was super depressed or something like that, going to her, it's always been suck it up, buttercup, like it's going to be okay. Put your big girl pants on and just move on because that's what my mom's had to do her entire life. And it's made me a lot stronger, but it did kind of (laughs) suck. So for our parents out there, how can they make their children feel safe to come to them and say, I'm not feeling normal. I don't think this is normal based on, like you said, the social Mm -hmm. cues that are around me. 
I'm feeling different. What are the indicators they can do to make their children feel like they're safe? Because a lot of our parents are separated and do live, you know, children live primarily in one household. I would say paying attention to how patient you are with your kids and especially what you say to them. So there's a very, very fine line with certain styles of parenting and not wanting to raise your kids to be crybabies. Sorry if that's a bad term, but there just really is a very fine line between it of being a supportive parent and then knowing when you kind of need to step in in that aspect. But I think overall, just being a little bit more accepting of what your child has to say and maybe listening to them before you jump to, it's not that big of a deal, suck it up, anything like that. So I think active listening is probably going to be the best thing for parents to do to make their kids feel a little bit more comfortable. I like that about active listening. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that, you know, it's unusual for people to be, have the bipolar diagnosis at 16 Is that one thing you believe that the medical field is continuing to develop and and understand a little bit more about medical needs or, or, or mental health needs in children? I'm hoping so. I'm obviously not in the medical field, so I don't know, you know, what kind of advancements are being done on it. But I do want to clarify what I said earlier as to how dangerous it can be getting diagnosed with a different illness. So I'm diagnosed bipolar do. I do have diagnosed depression and anxiety as well, but I actually did not know this. And so your medications are going to have a lot to come into play with how you're feeling. So when I partnered up with a doctor that I'm currently with, she actually told me a story, which I won't go into detail, but if you have depression versus if you have bipolar disorder, depression, you're on antidepressants, whereas bipolar, you're on antipsychotics. And if you put someone who is bipolar on an antidepressant without that other supplementing medication, it can actually make them way more suicidal than they ever were. So that's something that I really struggled with in high school and where I struggled with medication management is because I was diagnosed depressed in high school and I was on a million and 10 different antidepressants and it made me want to kill myself every day. So I stopped taking my medication and never took it again and didn't really believe that it could get better until I was properly diagnosed and was put on the correct medications. So even though you're older, is this just another area where your parents could have, and I know they probably did, really pay attention to what was going on with you, really watch that? I think so. I think it's definitely, maybe what I would recommend is, because I don't want to recommend any helicopter parenting, but really paying attention to what kind of treatment your child is getting, if you're getting them treatment, educating yourself, because a 16-year-old is probably not going to educate themselves on the difference between different mental health issues. But I think that that's probably a huge step is being able to educate your little, yourself a little bit more based on the symptoms that your child is showing, because getting a false diagnosis could end in the death of a child just because they're on the wrong medication. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. You and I have talked a lot about bipolar. My mom has been diagnosed bipolar and, mm-hmm. and we've shared with each other just different stories. Do you find that sharing these stories and talking about it with other people with experiences helping normalize the fact that this is a disorder that we just live with and we are successful now? I think so. I think that's why I'm so open with my story is because I'm huge on trying to end the stigma Mm -hmm. or when I've been open and told people I have bipolar, they're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) Like I'm good at masking. I've learned that my entire life, but it's just one of those things where 
I feel like the more people who I don't want to say have beat it because it's a condition I'm going to live with for the rest of my life, but the people that have been in therapy on the correct medications have lived a normal life. I think the more people that come out and speak on it, being able to live a normal life, people will stop associating bipolar people with being, I know I said you're on antipsychotics, but stop associating bipolar people with being like psychotic or having psychotic behavior. So I definitely think that that's great. But on the flip side of that, I will touch on really quick. The thing that I struggle with and that I hate, um, and I'm not triggered very easily. I know we've talked about that, but I cannot stand being someone that struggles with both depression and bipolar when people are saying, oh, I'm so bipolar Mm -hmm. or, oh, I'm so depressed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're having a bad day. Like, and I can't judge, you know, you never know what people's going through behind closed doors, but those words have just become such a staple in people's vocabulary that it kind of minimizes what the people that actually struggle with those issues are going through at the end of the day. And so I think that that's honestly making us backpedal a little bit. So I definitely think in this day and time, we're learning more about it, learning how to deal with it, learning that people can live normal lives when diagnosed with any kind of mental health issue. But I definitely think that how open people are trying to be with it, with these words and using them so loosely, I think is taking a lot away from people that actually struggle with it too. Cause then people start thinking at the end of, it's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal at the same time. So that's kind of a big thing. So Tara, I think one of the biggest things that I heard that for any parent that's listening to this is finding the right treatment and the right medication that comes from getting the right diagnosis. None of us here are child therapists, child psychologists, counselors have any of the qualifications for any of that. We are here as a team that work in a law firm that see a lot of families go through this. And then Shauna has a personal experience with her mother and you have the personal experience with yourself and can talk to what you went through with your parents what I want to make sure that our listeners understand too, is that if you think this is something you need to explore with your child, please take this episode to explore, right? right. To kind of understand that there, there, there is a possibility that you need to further look into something and take some tips from Tara on what worked and what didn't work for her and how she was able to live a good life and thrive even despite this diagnosis. So Tara, give us some tips for parents that listen to this and say, well, I I think I need to look into this for my child. Where should they start in looking for a doctor for their child? Does it start with the pediatrician's office? I didn't start with any kind of like primary care physician or anything like that because we kind of knew that there was something else. Um, So I think that starting with that, if you don't really know what's going on, could be a good resource. But as far as what my mom and I did, um, we really just focused on finding someone who it's different now because I was an adult. But as far as if you're dealing with a adolescent child going through it, I would really recommend doing your research and who you're planning on taking your child to see, whether they specialize in children, um, whether they specialize in mental health issues, and whether they specialize on more than just general anxiety or general depression. All right, Tara, thank you so much for so openly sharing with us and all the value that will hopefully give any concerned parents out there. Absolutely.
I just want to wrap it up by saying for those who do have concerns, Tara is a prime example of someone who does live with a disorder. It is something that is a part of her. It is not her. Mm-hmm. And she's an extremely you know, uh, successful person who has learned to live with something that people have and can learn to live with. Yeah. And that's what I think is so great about the possibility that you open up mind, people's mind to with this. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources. 